Poised for Exit is a show for business owners who want to achieve a successful future exit based on their own terms. Your business exit will likely be the biggest financial transaction of your life, and for most, you'll have one shot at doing it right. The topic and guests we feature and the stories they share will provide valuable ideas and strategies to improve operations and grow enterprise value so you can achieve the best possible exit outcome. Now here's your host, Julie Keys. Welcome everyone to Poised for Exit, the podcast show for business owners. We're thrilled to be able to deliver relevant, timely content to you, our business owner audience. Each week, you'll hear from a range of professionals and entrepreneurs in various fields of expertise who will share stories and solutions for you to learn from and apply to your business and to your life. Today, we're talking with a woman business owner who, together with her brother and business partner, founded and grew a very successful law firm with branch offices across the Twin Cities. But before we do that, we'll take a quick break to tell you about my business transition readiness program for business owners. Do you know what it means to be transition ready? Does the thought of your future business exit bring on feelings of anxiety? If so, you are not alone. In the business transition readiness program, you'll find the answers to these questions and many more. According to award-winning certified exit planner, Julie Keyes, it takes at least five years to prepare an owner and a business for a future exit. The Business Transition Readiness Program will help you unpack the complexities of exit and transition planning, shed light on the unknowns, and help prepare you and your business to exit on your own terms and not someone else's. You can get more info and register for upcoming programs at poisedforexit.com. Just click on Owner Program. Ladies and gentlemen, we are here today with the co-founder and managing partner of Johnson Turner Legal, Aaron Turner. Aaron, welcome to the show. It's truly an honor to have you with us today. As I shared in my introduction, you founded and grown a very successful law firm. Tell us a little bit about that journey and about your background. Well, thank you, Julie. It's just um, an honor and privilege to be here with you today as well. Um, So our law firm started in the year 2003, and one of the strange and interesting and fun things about our firm is that my law partner and business partner is my brother, my older brother. And so um, we have created a vision that is a very client-focused experience for our particular clients um, that work, uh, that, that are going through things in life that um, many of us find ourselves going through. Um, so things like divorce and um, custody challenges and child support, um, getting your estate plan done uh, like through a will or a trust or going through a probate experience if somebody close to you has passed away. And so we think of ourselves as a law firm that really helps just sort of regular people like you and me. And we want to make that a really good experience for people mm-hmm. um, and make it really accessible to people. And you have done an amazing job of that. I have to say that of all the law firms that I am familiar with and acquainted with and, you know, have colleagues in different firms across the Twin Cities, even in different parts of the country, Johnson Turner really stands out as uh, um, just thinking outside the box and, you know, your differentiators are are really um, significant and unique. And so when you decided to focus more on your business, right, the growth of the uh-huh. business, how did you know where to start? 
Well, to be very honest with you, we really didn't know where to start. Uh, both Chris and I had been quite active in our local community and kind of local politics. Um, and we had kind of had a conversation around how it would be really interesting to put more of our effort and dedication into really doing uh, more for the clients that we wanted to do. And so we scratched our heads for a little bit. Um, and then we decided that we needed to find a business coach to help us kind of take the firm to the new level. Right. Mm -hmm. So we were educated in the world of law. We got law degrees that doesn't teach you how to run a business. And so we needed to lean on someone to help us with that. And, um, through a speaking engagement um, that Chris attended, we met you, Julie. <laughs> That's um, right. And you'll remember, <laughs> you'll remember our, um, I think it was a two or three day strategic planning session that you mm -hmm. actually took us through um, in our conference room, in our office space. And um, you really pushed us to think through um, thinking big. And don't hold yourself back. And where do you want to be in five years and 10 years? And what is your big, hairy, audacious goal, right? Yes. Which was the first time that I had heard that phrase. Um, and through that strategic planning process, we, um, you know, created not only our long-term plan, but then we set goals and rocks that we called them um, mm -hmm. that we would want to have to complete um, so that we could kind of peel the onion, right? Because when you start thinking big, you start realizing um, how much work there is to that's ahead of you and, and figuring out how to get from point A to point Z can be very uh, overwhelming. So you encouraged mm -hmm. us to break it into smaller pieces and we were able to um, really do that. And, and uh, there, it was about a year ago, I think, that we sat back and said, you know what? I think we met our big, hairy, audacious goal. Like, this is crazy. Now what? Right? <laughs> and so um, as big as we were thinking, now we're thinking bigger. But um, one step at a time, I guess. Yeah. But I do think it's okay, and I think you talk about this in your book, it's, it's okay to accept what you don't know mm -hmm. and to reach out to learn from other people who do know and can help you take that journey because that is um, – the key, I really think, to being able to unlock what's next for you as a business and really as a professional and probably as a person, right? I couldn't agree more. The fact is that none of us have all the answers. And what I've learned in my time as an advisor over the years in working with so many different businesses, years included, is that the impact that outside perspective has is far greater than many people really think it has. And, you know, even in my own business, I have advisors that I work with and I, I wouldn't be without them. So I'm just glad that you guys are, are still growing. You're still on your journey. You're breaking records, um, you know, making it an amazing name for yourselves in the market. But it wasn't always that way. And you've had to learn, like you no. said, you know, putting the infrastructure together once you had the plan. And so you have scaled the business and realized that you've got to have good processes and systems. So tell us about uh, how you learned that, what the importance of that is, and, and what that's done to change the company. So I'm, I'm going to back up a tiny bit and then sure. answer your question as well, because it's kind of related. Mm -hmm. um, one of the other things that we've done is found organizations that are similar to us uh, throughout the country that are going through a lot of the same growing pains. Some are ahead of us. 
um, in that growth and some are behind us or mm-hmm. on a slightly different path, right, than we are. And spending time um, in uh, a conference room with them for like a weekend at a time, we do that three times a year with a group um, where we share our information and our uh, struggles and our challenges and our dreams and our successes with one another. Mm. Through that, um, we even learn too about, I mean, we have processes and procedures. And one of the very first things we did was start to document our processes, right? Yes. So um, we're particularly lucky as a business owners in that um, my brother and my um Working styles complement each other. He's very systems um, oriented, as you remember about mm-hmm, Chris, mm-hmm. and I probably am not. So I've had to really push myself to get there. Um, but but what happens is when you start to systematize, systematize things for people, mm-hmm. you empower people to make decisions during their own day without having to run back to the business owner and say, how do you want this done, right? Yes. So now they can make their own decisions. And if they know what the goals are as well, then everybody's kind of rowing in the same direction. And so um, we have um, taken our systems to, I would say, a whole new level of anything I ever dreamed. Mm-hmm. So, you know, not only is every every sort of procedure or almost every procedure anyway um, documented and written down if anyone has a question about where it is, um, but we've even like created workflows, which so with workflows, not only for kind of how the business is operated, but how the legal practice works. And so um, this is really at base a way to make sure that all of our clients have this experience that we want them to have. So we're really prescriptive about what we expect um, our attorneys and our paralegal group to kind of do, um, you know, from meeting the client and making sure that their experience is good so that, Mm -hmm. you know, we know, we learned this from some friends of ours that have a law firm in another part of the country. They say, even though we do this kind of work every day, this is the first time for our clients. It's the first time for them. So we want to make sure they get that exact experience. And Mm -hmm. so having those workflows and those systems makes sure it's a check on all of us, right? So we don't skip over something for someone. Super smart. You guys are so client centric too, and I I love that you have um, just taken this whole outside advisory thing to the next level and joined that peer group. Is that peer group made up of other law firms, or is it just different businesses that you meet with every two ours times is a year? other law firms? Yep, mm-hmm. ours is other law firms, but. Uh-huh. They're not necessarily um, the same practice. And so we've learned a lot from our friends in personal injury and social security disability um, and estate planning and criminal defense. And we don't necessarily do all those mm-hmm. areas of practice, but we've certainly learned some new ways to look at things. Mm-hmm. And I mean, I would say that, that that group as well has really changed the trajectory of how we've grown. And I think really um, also given us it's just nice to have somewhere to lean on to, right? Some of the challenges of owning a business mm-hmm. are quite difficult. And to yes. know that you're not alone in right. those is, you know, a, a really good experience because then you can get beyond the kind of stress of it and move into mm-hmm. the, okay, how do we tackle this and how do we get through the challenge? Mm-hmm. And so they've taught us that, you know, if you don't have a problem, you don't have a business. So you're always going to have some <laughs> challenge that's facing you. So that, And that's okay. It's just right. moving through that. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. When the skies are blue, you're like, okay, something's Uh-oh. wrong. <laughs> Calm before the storm. Right. <laughs> right. For sure. Well, you guys are doing such a good job. You're just, it's just so fun to watch you. 
And and I know that uh, a lot of the decisions that you have to make are based upon uh, the data and what the data will prove. And using KPIs, of course, has has been mm-hmm. you know something that you guys have adopted. So maybe you could just share with us a little bit about how the, the process that you use to make these decisions and how you utilize KPIs to do that. Yeah, we joke that when it, it, back in the old days, right, we used to just um, like lick our finger and hold it up to the wind to decide if we were going to hire someone if we were busy enough. <laughs> right. and it usually worked for us, but it's probably not a great uh, plan. And so we really started to, I mean, it's truly just really understanding your business mm-hmm. when you really start to dig in. Mm-hmm. What are those key performance indicators? Mm-hmm. What are those metrics that you need to watch? Mm-hmm. Um and in the process of doing that, we've created dashboards. So we have dashboards for our leadership team, um, and we have dashboards for each department. We have it um, for for the attorneys, for the paralegals. People have their own specific dashboards. Um, so they each know what their specific goals are that mm-hmm. align with the organization's growth mm-hmm. so that they know if they had a good day at work, right? Did I have a good day today? Yeah, look, these are the things I'm supposed to do, and I did those things. Awesome. And we've also found, you know, that's really empowering for employees. Um, yeah. When you don't put in front of them goals, mm-hmm. they don't really know, like, am I doing well? Am I just working hard to, you know, be the hamster on the wheel, or am I actually helping grow the company? So, um Coming up with what those key performance indicators is very um, challenging in itself, right? Because for sure, mm-hmm. you can make hundreds of these, and they're all very mm-hmm. interesting. But mm-hmm. honing in on which ones are important requires, I would just say, a lot of analysis and strategy, and also um, conversation. And you know, and there's also this idea that sometimes you don't get it right, and that's mm-hmm. okay. You mm-hmm. learn from that, and you move to the next. You know how can I do that better? So, um, that has been, those dashboards have been very helpful and I can Mm -hmm. tell you it really prepared us. I mean, we all know that we're living in this very strange time with the COVID-19, uh, situation and, Mm -hmm. and then, um, also just having racial riots in our backyard, Mm -hmm. um, kind of on top of that was obviously and continues to be quite challenging. And so as soon as, um, kind of the unrest of COVID happened, we were able to step back and say, okay, we need different key performance indicators and we know how to make them because we've been doing this for years. Mm -hmm. And so what do we need to know, like literally on a day-to-day basis to watch, to know if our business is okay? And what do we need to do as we see trends to act, to counteract anything that we see that isn't great? So honestly, we saw, you know, some things that are, okay, this isn't, this isn't, this particular, um, key performance indicator isn't doing real well, let's create a strategy around that and put it in front of our employees to tackle it. And so through a series of that, those kinds of conversations and that kind of work, we've really been able to weather this storm. Um, And it's also really helped um, making sure that our clients still know that, hey, we're here and we're, you know, we still have your back. We're we're working remotely now, but everything's uh, moving in the right direction for you. And um, so I think that, was really powerful to me to know that all this work we've done for all these years is really helpful when a crisis comes. I couldn't agree with you more. Um, in my experience, especially since the pandemic, the, the companies that either I work with already as clients or those that I talk to or have been in my workshops, uh, the ones that are, are able to pivot the best 
are the ones who already had been preparing and, you know, um, building the infrastructure, well-oiling the machine, if you will, however you want to call it, it doesn't matter. There's a lot of different ways that you can describe that, but what you're describing is that you had a plan in place and you had some contingencies in place. People knew what was expected of them and you were able to pivot because of that instead of um, guessing, oh my gosh, what do we do next? And, you know, let's just face it, there was enough of that as it was. Right. What do we right. do next? There's right. enough Absolutely. of that. Yeah. So my hope um, through all of this with other businesses who haven't necessarily dialed in their KPIs and using dashboards, which I think are super effective and I strongly encourage them. Um, but but maybe through this learning experience of having to go through all of this, they've realized we really were caught unawares. We weren't prepared. And, you know, listening to what Aaron has to say is really inspiring for me to be able to take and, you know, make something happen in my company so that if there is some other, you know, situation that occurs, that they're going to be more prepared next time. And there always will be. I mean, it might yeah. not be a global pandemic, right? right. Let's hope. Right. Um but there's always that next challenge. And yeah, so, right. And it's not rocket science. That's no. the other piece. I mean, no, it's not. when I say that I was, um, I'm not the systems and procedure and metrics person, right? That's mm-hmm. my brother's area more. I was probably intimidated by that. That's not my thing. But as what I've learned now is that is actually exactly my thing. That That's the information we need to empower our decisions. Mm-hmm. So it's a fun thing to learn about and not to be, um, kind of a scary thing. Yes. And I think probably four or five years ago, that to me was intimidating. Sure. And probably only because you really didn't know that much about it. But as you learned more about right. it and got yourself educated and read some more books, you're like, oh, well, this isn't such a big right. hairy monster, right? <laughs> right. Exactly. And now look where you exactly. are. My goodness. <laughs> so <laughs> you and Chris are uh, just such a great duo. And, and you, you're, you've done such a wonderful job staying focused on, on not only the present, but on the future. And you do really complement each other very well, having worked with both of you. Um, tell me about how you're able to maintain that focus, because I think that amongst business owners, that might be one of their most difficult obstacles is staying focused, because there's always so much to pay attention to. And so share, share with us how that works for you and Chris. Yeah, I, I, this definitely is a a continuing challenge. Um, to be very honest, it's very easy to get very caught up in the day to day Mm -hmm. actions of what's going on in your company. Um, but we've really learned the importance of staying future focused. And so, I mean, for example, we've learned that we need to understand our leading indicators, instead of just our lagging indicators, right? So it's mm-hmm. not just how many how many dollars were sold last month in legal services. Okay, well, that told us what happened last month, but it's instead of looking forward, like how many prospects do we have coming next month and what work do we know is coming down the pipe and how do we make sure we increase or, or stabilize or whatever, whatever situation it is, um, mm-hmm. that. And so... Um, we have created, we have a, a, a really good uh, director of finance, Carrie Zemke, who you know as well. Yeah, she's awesome. Who worked um, and created a, a really good forecasting tool with us, which is just an enormous spreadsheet. Um, 
which that we can kind of play with and say, what if this happens in August and what if that happens in October, you know, we're able to move all those variables to really understand. Mm -hmm. And it's about being able to understand which lever to pull at which point. Right. Mm. Um, But the other thing we've just been, it just really is a mental discipline. So in our meetings, we say, okay, so this is good for now. And we're about to say, I mean, right now we're working on launching a whole new software platform for our firm to run on. And it's taking all of our time and it's very exciting and fun, but we're saying, okay, so that's going to be ready in October. And so let's start talking about what that's going to look like in October now. Right. And Mm -hmm. so that we're not like, oh, oh, it's October. And we didn't really think about what's going to be next, what's going to change. And so you don't want to be caught not kind of thinking about those things. So Mm -hmm. The other really good, this is just a quick tip that I heard from someone else that we've started to use that has been really great for Mm -hmm. us is that at the end of every meeting, we say, what questions aren't we asking? What topic did we not get to that we should have? Mm. And there have been many times Mm -hmm. that it is at that moment that we find the thing we should have really been talking about. So yes. It's just a discipline and constantly because that goes to just stepping back for a minute to say, okay, what should I really be thinking of? Because I just got through all this stuff that's been stressing me out all day or all week or whatever. But how do I prevent that stress tomorrow? Right? How can mm-hmm. I get ahead of it? So, mm-hmm. I think that yeah. uh, just having that focus and asking that question just helps you even if, you know, you probably just covered a whole bunch of you know, items and issues that needed to be discussed, right? So you can't do it all in one meeting, but maybe you take that and you you put it on the top of the agenda for the next one, right? It's recognizing that it's something that you got to talk about. That's super smart. Okay, so we've got uh, one more question here for you, and then we're going to wrap up. So you have developed a new approach to divorce at Johnson Turner. Yes. Can you describe that for us, please? For many years... Uh, as we meet with clients and when I talk to friends, they say, I just, I don't need a big, ugly divorce. I don't need lawyers involved. I just need to know that we do it right and that mm-hmm. we're thinking about the right things. Mm-hmm. And if I just go to mediation, that's fine. But the way that the rules are set up, a mediator cannot write the documents that you need them to write to send mm-hmm. to the court. Okay. And that's because of a whole bunch of um, legal rules that, um, that are important and and right. Um, But so until we stepped back and really thought, how are we going to serve clients with what they want? Um, How are we going to do this? So until we've done that, we've created this um, approach to divorce that we call farewell mediation. Mm -hmm. And what that means is that you come in, you're not represented by an attorney at Johnson Turner Legal. You are uh, instead working with a farewell guide who does have a a legal background and is an attorney. They're just not working with you as an attorney. Mm -hmm. They are working as a mediator. But through that process that we have um, laid out for clients from start to end, uh, they get to design their process along with their guide to make sure that it makes the most sense given exactly what um, issues that they're particularly facing in their divorce. Mm. Um, then they, they meet together with the farewell guide. They come up with uh, agreements for everything. And then we use um, we've created an automated system to create the divorce documents that you need to file with the court. And this, this is okay. And, um, 
in the world because we're not drafting documents. We're using an automated system that we created to create these documents. Mm. Um, and so at the end of the mediation, we literally print out everything that you need. Um, and both parties can sign the document at that point, And we literally e-file it with the court as we sit there on behalf of the, um, the people working in the farewell process. And then they are able to be divorced. Either they either have to attend one hearing, um, which is a pretty quick and easy hearing or, or it can be done administratively um, and the court just signs off on it. So it, it really honestly is finally the one-stop divorce shop that you can um, get your work and your, your work done um, mm-hmm. without spending a lot of money or right. taking a lot of time. Right. So we're really excited about it. We've been doing it now for a couple of years and it's really starting to get popular. Um, and it's, it's making people are very happy with the outcome of it. Oh, I'm, I'm sure they are. And I uh, just want to commend you for having the courage to create this program and, and, you know, not, not just knowing that the need was there, but actually taking action and making it happen. So congratulations on that. Very, Thank you. Very good work. All right, so I like to end this show, as you know, with asking my guest to just share a couple of action items that they can take away, and whether they use it in their personal life or in their business. Erin, what would you say would be a couple things that our listeners could take away from today? The first thing that comes to my mind is to make sure that as a business owner, you're investing in yourself, right? And I and I mm. mean like time and energy. So I think you should get a coach. I think you should have a business advisor to help you um, along the way. Mm. I think you should read books. Um, I think you should read the Poised for Exit book that you wrote, Julie. Thank you. Um, Some other books that I think are really important is um, the book called The Goal. Mm. Um, And that is uh, kind of brings about a theory of constraint that talks about putting your resources toward the things that aren't working. And that's been really um, important for us. Another book is Measure What Matters, which just helps you with some goal-setting um, ideas. But there's so many books, and mm. and you and there's so much to learn in them. Um, and, and I also include in Investing Yourself, doing some of those working groups with other business owners. That's been really changing for us. Um, and then just attending conferences, like the Vern Harder Scaling Up Summits. Yes. He's doing those via Zoom now. It's mm. really inexpensive, and they've been awesome. Mm. So. We say that your business can only grow as fast as you can, and we learned that from another one of our advisors. Mm-hmm. And so you have to continue with your personal and professional growth to help your business continue to grow. Absolutely. And then the second one I would say is the most important thing is figure out how to delegate and leverage yourself. Because when you get caught up in the day-to-day work in the business, you don't have the opportunity to step back and think big and mm-hmm. do design thinking and leverage and empower your employees. Yes. You got to let go and trust the people that you are entrusting um, that work with you. And that will go a long way to um, helping you with your success. And you hit the nail on the head there for sure with delegation because any business that is dependent upon the owner, of course, is not going to be transferable. And in the world of exit planning that I spend my time in, um, that seems to be one of the biggest problems. So you and Chris have definitely solved that problem. And I just want to thank you so much for joining me today, Erin. It was wonderful having you on the show. We could have gone on for a long time because there's so there's so much content that you could have shared. I just hope that our listeners were taking good notes today. Uh, the value of the content, of course, was just huge. 
And for our listeners, the episode for today will be available as usual for download on the Poised for Exit website. That's poisedforexit.com. You can also get a copy of my book, Poised for Exit, on that website. Please do rate, review, and subscribe to this show on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcast shows. We really appreciate your support. Thanks again, and thank you, Aaron. Thanks for everyone uh, for listening, and please join us again next time.